Hello everybody and welcome back to the Planet Film Network. I am one of your hosts, Sean Monk. And I am your other host, TJ Cornwell. And uh, tonight we are going to be doing a couple different things. Mainly we're going to be chatting some uh, Doctor Who. Uh, the 60th anniversary specials just wrapped up this week, which saw Dave, David Tennant leaving the role of the Doctor once again. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more specific on that a little bit later. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the Golden Globes, just kind of going over the major categories and uh, kind of picking out who we think the front runner is going to be. And then uh, the final thing we're going to be doing tonight is we are going to be going through our top five-ish uh, shows that we have watched this year or shows that are from this year that we have really enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, but before we do any of that, uh, let's go ahead and talk about what we have been watching. TJ, what have you been watching? You want me to start off? Go uh, for it. Okay. Hold on one second. There we go. Okay. So, <clears throat> what have I been watching? Well, let me pull up the good old diary here. So, let's see. Where we last, last, where we last left off. Uh, I think I talked about Timeless Heroes the last time. Yes, so, for sure. After that, uh, Danielle and I have been... We haven't had time to go through our... I think I mentioned last week. We wanted to do our little 25 Days of Christmas thing. Obviously, we have uh, not had the time to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, we watched a few things sporadically. But So, we watched uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Uh, Danielle, one of Danielle's favorites. Uh, we watched a Miser Brothers Christmas, which don't get that confused with... A Year Without Santa Claus. Oh, I can This never. is actually the spinoff from 2008 that I didn't actually, I didn't realize even wow. existed. Uh, I rented it thinking it's the original, uh, of course, and I was mistaken. Still, you know, pretty good, uh, just not, but not the same. Not, not, nowhere close to the classic, in my opinion. Then I also watched the two Doctor Who specials back to back. Then I watched uh, the 60s. Uh, so one of those CNN like kind of mini series oh, documentaries, yeah. not available Love anywhere. Those. So I thought, you know what? I've seen it at the library before. I will r- check it out. And uh, so I came home, looked disc three, not disc one, disc three. Wow. So I said, well, this isn't going to do me any good. So then at that point it had closed. So I was like, okay, screw that. But then I found it on YouTube, the whole thing. So I, like, <laughs> well, I guess I didn't need this disc anyway. Yeah. Pretty good. I was kind of in and out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. but still a really good documentary. They did uh, a 2000s one, and they did 2010s as well. So I'm going to look for those. I can't currently, couldn't find them on YouTube, uh, so maybe they'll be somewhere else. But like they're not on HBO. I don't think any of these are on HBO anymore. They definitely used um, to be. But they definitely used to be, right. Yeah. Speaking of HBO, did you see they took Watchmen off HBO? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, fucking bullshit. Uh, best show, maybe one of the best shows they've ever made. Yeah. They, took it off and then lastly uh last night we watched xmas <laughs> so i don't know if you've seen this advertised uh, on prime no. anywhere it's a freebie movie technically uh it's with uh robbie amell basically robbie amell is <clears throat> dating uh leighton meester who plays Allie, and uh they're engaged and then she breaks up with him and then She's so close with his family that his family invites her to Christmas when they think he's not coming, and then he shows up, and hijinks ensue. Oh, uh, man, classic. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Not great. I'll just leave it at that. Check it out, Dang. maybe, if you want to, if you got some time. Sponsored by uh, 
Energizer, by the way. Oh, wow. Uh, a, few com- a, few com- a few commercial breaks. There was like, oh, here's this look at uh, Xmas brought to you by Energizer. I was like, well, thank you giving, thank you for giving me a look at the movie I'm watching. I appreciate <laughs> that. And the ad break. Uh, and then there's one point where they are in the kitchen, they open a fridge, and then there's like a big Energizer magnet like on the fridge. And at first I was like, does Energizer make fridges? But I was like, oh no, it's really just a magnet. There's also a, uh, there's, <laughs> there's also like a big in your face kind of, uh, ad for ADT, like the security system. Oh yeah, yeah. They're in like this. Uh, they're in this car park or this car lot where the guy's selling cars. He says, "Okay, let me just lock up." And he looks, puts on his phone, and hits secure, and it locks on the ADT app. Wow. Yeah, really in your face. Incredible. Freebie yeah. for a reason. <laughs> Freebie for a reason, exactly. And uh, I think TV wise. I haven't watched it. I guess the CNN doc was kind of my TV. I really want to check out one thing I, I am looking forward to that I haven't gotten to, to watch yet. Monarch? Is, no. Is uh, Blue-Eyed Samurai on Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah. I heard that's really good. I really want to check that out. Does that have out. a season two coming soon? Or that it yeah, got re- I think they renewed? announced it, that it was greenlit, okay. yeah. <clears throat> oh, by the way, speaking of Monarch, Mon- so does Monarch follow the same characters from the movies? Some of them. Yeah. I see I didn't know that. I didn't know there was any sort of connection or anything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. What's can it, by the way, what's Monarch? What is that? It's like the best way to put it is like it's like the shield of the monster verse. It's like Okay. But honestly, I've been I mean, we'll get to it in a second, but <clears throat> I've been what's it called? I well, I was that everything for what you were watching? That that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Right. So, for me, I have been uh watching Oh, jeez. It's been a long day out there, folks. I have been watching Monarch uh, as well as the other day I watched Godzilla. And then the other day, which I haven't, I don't even think I've told you this yet, but uh, I've been gearing up for a really long time to get a new surround sound. Not a new, I've never had it before. To get surround sound set up for my house. And it finally came in the other day, and I finally set it up yesterday. So now I have... Uh, full surround sound in my living room, and it is incredible. But before I got that, the other day I was I watched uh, 2014's Godzilla, uh, just because it's been it's he's the moment right now. And uh, then I watched Fred Claus while wrapping a bunch of presents. <laughs> okay. Whew. I then watched uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which uh, was again just continuing the Christmas mood. When I had my day off, I wrapped. So many presents, I, I can't even... It was insane. It was it felt like a factory. Uh, and then, present time was over. And it was time to really uh, flex how the surround uh, could work. Mm-hmm. And I watched something that I had never seen in my entire life. And that is, I borrowed the 4K, the super... Oh, you've never seen that? No. I borrowed the oh, okay. super huge 4K box set with like eight discs uh, of the Francis Ford Coppola... What is it called? The Francis Ford Coppola classic yeah. Apocalypse Now. And I will tell you, uh, I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever made. I gave it four out of five stars. But it was really good. And more importantly, the sound was insane. Absolutely insane. Did you smell insane. the napalm? I did in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did actually. Yeah, he he's really unnerving in that movie. Robert Duvall, he's just like, <laughs> yeah. like he, I said to my friend earlier, I was like, he's like the, the guy that you're driving with. That he's like, 
you know, oh, look at look at this thing that I have. And it's like, okay, yeah, great. Can you keep your eyes on the road? Like, it's yeah. like like the whole movie, he's like, you're in a war, well, for his portion of the movie, you're in a war zone, mm-hmm. and you're like, what, a, being dropped yeah, there, what about those uh, swells right there? You think you could <laughs> surf something real nice off that? And I was just like, oh, my God. And I felt so yeah. much like Martin Sheen just sitting in the back, like, just, like, looking at this guy just, like, talking and not taking this war seriously, this, like, right. horrific thing. But, man, Question that was good. Question for you. Go for it. Did you have an issue with – because I remember when I watched this movie for the first time, uh, I think it was 2020, probably 2020. Yeah. And I, I have the 4K kind of collection. I don't know if it's the same one as you because mine only has, I think, I think mine is three discs. I know. Maybe you don't actually have eight, but on the 4K version – there's like an audio thing where it's like if you pick the wrong mix, like you can't hear it or something like that. Did you have that issue oh, at all? No, I didn't. Because I Googled it because when I started playing it, I was like, what the hell? Like, I can't hear anything. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And I Googled it. It was like, oh, yeah, on this edition, like if you pick the ro- the the certain one, like you can't hear anything. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, oh, weird. I did have a moment <clears throat> where I think it was because, man, I haven't yawned like this in a long time. I guess I've been... It, I've been doing a lot of overtime this week, so we're going to get through that. I think uh, I did have one little moment, like right in the middle of the movie where the audio dropped out for a second. I just muted the surround sound and then unmuted it, and then it like mm-hmm. came back. But I don't know if that's if that was something with the disc or if that was just something that like... I, the other thing that I thought it might have been after the fact was I still had my phone's Bluetooth on, so maybe it connected to the Bluetooth and like kicked mm-hmm. off the PS5 for a second. But other than that, I didn't have any. Uh, or maybe audio it issues. was like the sound would cut out or something. It was something weird, where it would just be very like it just wasn't working for some reason. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, no, I didn't have anything like that at least. And then I've been watching uh, Doctor Who specials the past two mm-hmm. weeks. Also, TV wise. I guess that's it. Other than right now, just yeah, I think so. Right now, just Doctor Who and uh, Monarch are the two shows that I'm really keeping up to date on. Uh, and then just now, just wrapped up a couple minutes ago in the surround sound, I watched uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters, uh, mm-hmm. which has always been a very a very big uh, favorite of mine. Um, and I will say this much: rewatching it this time, I went wow. This is very much not written as well as the Monarch television show. Uh, But, man, that movie looks and sounds insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the visual effects in those movies are always crazy, but King of the Monsters really, really looks insanely good. It's kind of crazy. But it, it is very, like, you know, people's complaints of, like, oh, it's just, like, giant walls of smoke and, like, lightning. And I'm like, that is a lot of that movie. Uh, but it is very, very good as well. A uh, lot of great Godzilla stuff. A lot of great, like, kaiju in general stuff going on in that movie. But, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much been all that I have been watching. Like I said, I've been trying to do... Trying to watch a couple of Christmas movies here or there, but I'm not just watching Christmas movies. But, yeah. That's pretty much it. Alright, so... Oh, man. What do want to do... F- what? One second. What was the... Oh, sorry. I was trying to see what the Jesus. thing was. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Andre Brower just passed away from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and uh, he was in Glory and a ton of other oh. stuff. Wow. Sorry. I thought... 
every single one of these headlines says Andre Brower dies. Sorry, you can't see that. Andre Brower dies, star of homicide. And I just see Andre Brower dies of homicide. And I was like, oh, what? I, see, yeah. I was oh. like, I wanted to like make sure that, that was correct. That's crazy. Right. He was only 61. Man. R.I.P. Sorry, that was I just opened Twitter and that was the very first right. thing everybody talking about. <clears throat> Man, that sucks. He was so good. I, I remember I know it's not probably his most famous thing, but I really loved uh him in Glory. That was probably the first movie that I saw mm-hmm. him in with him and Denzel and Matthew Broderick and stuff. Uh yeah, really good. And then he was just in I, I wasn't a big fan of the movie, but he was just in that she said movie about the Harvey Weinstein stuff just last year. R.I.P. Damn. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that really stinks. Well, I mean, I'm, and I and I will say, I know obviously probably his biggest role of his career is Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't watch that show, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that's yeah, that is going to be a very big uh, the internet uh, fandom of that show will probably be very vocal this week. But man, that sucks. Uh, all right, moving on from that. Uh, share if you're watching, share share some Andre Brower love in the chats. What do you want to do first? You want to talk some Doctor Who or some Golden Globes? Let's do uh, Golden Globes first. Great. Perfect. All right. So this week, so a little bit of background. Hollywood Foreign Press obviously was what ran the Golden Globes. It was the, the voting body that reflected the categories and the selections of the Golden Globes many, many years Last couple years, kind of dealing with kind of controversy after controversy. Very famously, Tom Cruise sent all of his Golden Globes back in a box. Like, you know, a lot of stuff during, you know, the COVID years really was going Mm. on. Also with Hollywood Foreign Press, nothing to do with COVID, but uh, just whether it was a couple of sexual harassment, sexual assault issues with some of the people there. And And then the big one was the organization as a whole was basically discovered to be, you know, just kind of hand over fist embezzling money uh, and having having a lot of money issues and a lot of basically just trust issues to where uh, they couldn't survive. And so people thought that the Golden Globes were going to be gone forever. They've always been on, CB- on NBC, sorry, since the 60s. Then uh, Ryan Seacrest with Dick Clark Productions comes in, swoops in at the last second, buys the Golden Globes. So now it is still... Uh, the selection committee is still, and the voting body is still made up of foreign and international journalists, but it is not the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press. It is a totally different agency now, and now the awards are going to be held for the first time ever on CBS. So a little bit of a shakeup with the Golden Globes. And another shakeup for what we're about to talk about is that uh, just like the Oscars, it's always been five nominees. This is the first year where the nominees have been expanded to six. Um, so with that going, let's go ahead. Let's do every other one so that we don't tire out here and we're not going to do all the categories. I just mean Mm. reading it. So first one here, best picture or sorry, best director motion picture. So we have Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Celine Song for Past Lives, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon and Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Uh, quickly. What are your what are your uh, thoughts on here, and uh, who do you got right now? Yeah, I haven't. Obviously, we haven't seen all these movies. I think yeah. you've seen one more than I have. Yeah, uh, I think you saw you saw Past Lives, right? Yeah, and two two of yeah. them technically are not out yet. So right, I'm gonna go with Nolan for this one. 
uh, seems like a shoe in for me. Uh, and I think for if sure. we're making Oscar predictions, I think he probably wins the Oscar as well. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I really think that this is... I honestly don't even think it's close to anyone else. I, I think, I mean, I was watching, not to steal Jeff Snyder's line, but mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was FYC, which is an amazing show if you like award shows. Go watch FYC with him, Scott, and Perry, but uh, or the hot mic. But he was like, I think, uh, I, I personally think second one would maybe be Marty or maybe be Yorgos. I think th- those mm-hmm. are the only two that could maybe creep up there because, you know, Yorgos has been putting in work with um, Academy and and awards fair for a long time, and maybe it could be time to be recognized if Nolan wasn't on the list. So, and again, I think it will be Nolan for the Oscar as well. Uh, all right, what about this one? Do you want to read it? Uh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> animated. Uh, let's see. Uh, boy, the Boy and the Heron, uh, Elemental, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, Suzume, and Wish. So what do you think is going to take it from here? Should be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Not even nominated. Not even nominated. Uh, I <laughs> guess out of this list, I would have to say Across the Spider-Verse. I have not seen The Boy and the Heron yet. I want to say that people are happy with how the movie is performing. They're happy with the movie, but I'm not hearing anyone cry out from the rooftops that this is a must-watch, greatest Studio Ghibli, greatest Miyazaki film. Mm. Although I think, similar to basically whenever Pixar would make a movie for a time, it would get nominated. Anytime Miyazaki's going to make a movie, it's going to get nominated. I would still say probably across the Spider-Verse. Just because, say what you will about the story choice, that's kind of where people bristle at the movie, it feels, as they go, well, it's not even a full movie. (laughs) Take that out of it. It's it's yeah. got just as much incredible stuff going on as the first movie, but yeah. So I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go across the spider. I'll, I'll I'll agree with you. Uh, probably wish, from what I understand, probably shouldn't even be in there. Uh, yeah. Probably switch that with TMNT. On, yeah, um, absolutely. Because people said that Elemental was good, like that. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that Elemental's pretty good. I, it, yeah. And it's on Disney Plus now, so mm-hmm. I, I'll definitely I'll probably check it out at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Best motion picture uh, drama. So first one, we have Anatomy of a Fall, and we have Killers of the Flower Moon, Past Lives, Zone of Interest, uh, Maestro, and Oppenheimer. Uh, And again, Uh, because this is Golden Globes, it is split between drama and then musical or comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm uh, going to go with Oppenheimer again. I think an easy kind of choice. I do want to check out all these movies. I've only seen – the only other one I've seen is Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely intrigued by Maestro. Uh, very interested in Anatomy of a Fallen Zone of Interest and Past Lives, obviously. But yeah. don't know when or where I'll be able to watch like the Zone of Interest. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know Zone of Interest is out of the UK, so yeah. I, I think at that one, it's just we're just gonna have to wait our turn and and find out what streamer it's going to be on. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's probably what it'll be at the end of the day. Uh, actually, the theater that I work at, we did show Anatomy of a Fall for oh, a, okay. one week, but sure. I just did not have the time. <laughs> I didn't have the time right, that week yeah. to go see it and everything, but definitely up there on the list for sure. But I do think it's going to go to Oppenheimer, and I think if I had to pick, I think the Oscar is going to go to that as mm-hmm. well. Uh, all right, you want to take this one? Yeah, best motion, motion picture, musical, or comedy. Uh, so Air, uh, American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, May, December, and Poor Things. 
So just real quick off the bat, I'm not really sure. Uh, from what I understand, I haven't seen the movie. Uh, funny enough, Danielle the other night was asked if she could watch it. And I was like, well, I, I want to watch it too. So we're waiting to watch it together. But May, December, not sure how that's a, a musical or a comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't believe it's a comedy whatsoever. I know for a fact it's not a musical. Just real quick, my prediction. Uh, I'm going to go with... Mm, uh, I... I I'm going to say it'll probably be like, I want to say it'll probably be the holdovers, but I think it'd be cool if air one. Uh, I, I think if you're talking the Academy, I think best picture goes to Oppenheimer. But if you were to somehow split the atom, no pun intended, I actually didn't even mean that at the Oscars, uh, and give it to two, then I think you're talking about Oppenheimer. And I think you're talking about holdovers for the Mm. globes. I think this is Barbie's award to lose. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I think right. that the Globes are going to... They want the big Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie moment because... Well, particularly Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig because they are both producers on the movie, so they will be awarded if it wins Best Picture, particularly Margot Robbie being, like, kind of the, the producer that literally got this whole mm-hmm. thing going. I would love it to be holdovers. I would love it to be air... I have heard nothing but great things about American fiction, nothing but great things about poor things. And I've heard good things about May-December, but I do think that May-December is kind of having a little bit of a peaking moment right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not so confident on May-December being anything more than just a very successful Netflix launch, which is what it kind of feels like right now. But that being said, I have not watched the movie. Uh, But for the Globes, at least, I think this is going to be Barbie. A pretty big shoe in, I think, because they're the only award ceremony that gets to say that they gave best picture to Oppenheimer and to Barbie. And I don't mm. think the Golden Globes can like <laughs> can like I don't think the Golden Globes can afford to not generate those kind of headlines, mm. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because they're they're The Golden Globes are in a bad spot right now. And I think that would help them. Uh, best motion picture, non-English language, Anatomy of a Fall, Fallen Leaves. Uh, Io Capitano, Past Lives, Society of Snow, and Zone of Interest. Society of Snow, I have heard, is very, very good. Uh, did you ever see the movie Alive? No. Okay. So this is, I believe it's called Alive. I might have just very confidently said the wrong name of the movie, but I'm pretty sure it's that. So back in, I think it's the 90s or late 80s, there was this movie called Alive, basically about this, it's about this plane that crashes in the, uh, in the mountains with this, I believe they're a ski troop. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's just about them surviving, essentially. And so this is a new version of basically that same old movie, or at least it's based on that same story. People have been saying really, really good stuff. That being You're said... You're me the guy who directed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom directed that. Yeah, J.A. Bayona. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, okay. well. I guess people are saying that's great. I don't know. If I had to pick one out of here, I think it'll probably go to Past Lives. Mm. Just because... Uh, it's the it's the big uh, you know a twenty four hit from earlier in the year that's that's is it, held. It's it's not English. It's not spoken in English. No, it's so it's not spoken in English, but it is a oh. it is an American movie. So this is another oh, distinction between the Academy and the Golden Globes <laughs> is that uh, the Golden Globes awards basically the language spoken in the movie rather than the country of origin. So oh. basically, Past Lives is a one hundred percent American movie. But the whole thing is spoken in another language, so I did not know basically that. Basically, counts for it. Uh, original score we could skip over for now. Uh, original song. Well, let's talk. All right, let's say original score for a second. 
I don't know about that one. For she came to me, I don't think so. I think we're just talking about uh, these three here. Or these four, probably, I'll say. So we got Dance uh, the I think Night. Dance the Night. Yeah. Well, we got Dance <laughs> the Night. We got I'm Just Ken. We got What Was oh, I Made yeah. For. Uh, and we got Peaches. I, I really don't think that we can count out Peaches in this, in like sincerely mm -hmm. in this. I think that was a huge moment. I think this might be a chance to give an award to Super Mario Brothers. That being said, if we are really just looking at the three major Barbie contenders, I think that Dance the Night is kind of the anthem of that movie, mm -hmm. of the pop culture-iness of the movie. But I do think that I'm Just Ken is a really satisfying moment in that movie. And I think it helps really make that Ryan Gosling performance. But then What Was I Made For is the entire emotional heart of the movie. And right. you're talking about two-time Oscar winner Billie Eilish. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, muscle to be going up against. So, wh which one would you give it to? If you if you were, I voting mean, I'd right give now. it to. For, personally, I just love. I dance the night. I think is a great song that just. Yeah. I feel like really brings you into the beginning of the movie. So I think that's great. But I agree with you on the. I'm just Ken and what was I made for? Those are also mm -hmm. great songs within that movie. I don't really think honestly, Peaches. I don't think I don't think that has a chance. If I'm being honest, yeah. I just it's just you know. It's just a, it's from a Mario movie, you know. What nice here's here's your nomination. That's all you're getting. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, and then Road to Freedom. I wasn't even aware of that one. So that seems to be that's the one from Rustin, and then yeah, this one was from She Came to Me. So we'll see. Uh, let's see. We can skip some of these acting ones. Well, let's just say all right. I'm not even gonna read these out. I'm just gonna say. Mm -hmm. Female actor in a... Okay, yeah. No, hang on. Not anthology. <laughs> There's so many categories to this. Best performance by a female actor in a motion picture drama. Let's go. Annette Benning for Nyad, Kaylee Spaney for Priscilla, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Greta Lee for Past Lives, Lily Gladstone for Killers, and Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, who are you falling with on this? Uh, considering the only one I've seen is Lily Gladstone. I'm going to go with her. She was great in the movie. Mm -hmm. Granted, wish she had a little bit more to do. But uh, I, if I had to bet on it, who's going to win? I might actually say Greta Lee because I feel like that was one that was like... I don't know. I feel like that one was one that I kept hearing when that movie first came out. <coughs> that both yeah. performances were like amazing or whatever. <coughs> yeah, that it's like kind of a simpler story. But that the, mm -hmm. that the uh, performances are really what elevates it. I agree with that. That being said, I have only seen uh, three on this list. Uh, so the other three I have not yet. But I actually would still go with Lily Gladstone. I think that she has a good narrative, although there really isn't much narrative left on that movie, to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. I'm not really seeing a lot of people still talking about that. Uh, movie, but I mean, I'm sure anything could change, but she is, for right now, who I would uh, give it to, even mm. though I think she's let down by uh, by the movie itself. Alright, female actor. I think this is definitely going to be Margot Robbie for Barbie. I don't really think that, I don't really see that going to anyone else uh, for female in a musical yep. or comedy. This, I, I don't even have to read the rest. It's, I think it's going to be Divine Joy Randolph. In my opinion, I think a complete lock-up for that, I think that if mm -hmm. Emily Blunt had more to do, I think that she could be a real lock for this. But 
the one knock that anyone ever had about Oppenheimer consistently was, you know, well, they kind of wasted Emily Blunt. So not that it's her fault, but I just don't see how you compete with Divine Joy Randolph, who gives a very subtle but a very, very powerful uh, and moving performance in the whole mm-hmm. Uh Really, really good. Uh, but who would you go with in the year? I will follow your lead, even though I haven't seen the movie. All right. <laughs> All right. We'd skip some of the television stuff. We can skip, we can skip this, but I think it's definitely going to be AO winning that. Best performance by a male actor in a motion picture drama Andrew Scott, All of a Stranger, Barry Keoghan for Saltburn, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, and Leo for Killers. Who do you got on here? Uh, I'm going to go with Killian for this. Killian. Yeah, for this, I'm definitely going to go with Killian. I'm sorry, Bradley. I don't I don't think it's your year. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, for the Golden Globe, if there's any competition, I feel like the Globes would lean towards Leo. Like, they, they like their star power, and they like their, like, you know, big moments with big mm-hmm. people. And it's like, I, th- I think that would really be... An interesting upset that I would not agree with, but I, I think that would be an interesting thing if they went with, if they went that way. But I think, logistically and logically speaking, it's got to be Killian Murphy. All right. And then probably the last one that we're going to do here is Best Performance by a Male Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Do you want to read out that one? Yeah, so we got Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction, Joaquin Phoenix for Bo is Afraid, your favorite movie, oh, yeah. uh, Matt Damon for Air, yes. Nicolas Cage for Dream Scenario, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, and Timothy Chalamet for Wonka. Uh, I am going 100% Paul Giamatti on this one. Uh, although I am very happy with this uh, crop of nominees. I am mm-hmm. very happy. I think particularly these three right here, Holdovers for Giamatti, uh, dream scenario for Cage and and Matt Damon's work in Air. I think those are some of the three greatest uh, uh, performances by an actor uh, this year. But I'll go Giamatti. Uh, yeah, I will agree with you. I would say if Air came out maybe, you know, a month ago, yeah, uh, I'd say maybe Matt Damon has a shot. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Giamatti. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's see. I just want to make sure there's nothing really more. Yeah, just a lot of TV stuff, which I'm sure we will we will cover and we will get to. Uh, you know, we'll talk about them once they go. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, tell, yeah, somebody tell me how the morning one, show is. <laughs> yeah, well, this one I want to talk about too, though. This is their new award here. Oh, okay. So this is Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. So Cinematic and Box Office Achievement, it's kind of like that, uh, you know, blockbuster award that they tried to do at the Oscars a couple years ago, uh, which right. went over great. No one seems to know what this is based on or what this is awarding. That's what I was just wondering. Uh, because should Dan Merle be made the, the... Yeah, Dan Merle made the good point. It should just be the uh, top, and I believe this is eight nominees, not six. Mm. So he's like, shouldn't it just be the top eight movies of the year? Which it is not, because unfortunately, uh, you know... Well, not unfortunately, but... Sound of Freedom would have been on this list if that were the case, but it is not. So we have Barbie going up against Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Possible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is the most interesting given the fact that that was a uh, pretty substantial economic loss for Paramount, mm. Oppenheimer, 
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Taylor Swift, The Arrows Tour, and Super Mario Brothers movie. So really all but Mission Impossible uh, on this list are absolute box office uh, smash hit successes this year. Unfortunately for Disney, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was their pretty much only box office win uh, Mm -hmm. this year. The only movie that even got close to a billion dollars. But... Who are you taking, and what are your kind of thoughts on this category that really we don't even know what the hell that means, cinematic and box office achievement? Um, yeah, so my pick would be um, Barbie, I think, because just because of the phenomenon that it was. Granted, Oppenheimer, kind of they both kind of went hand-in-hand hand with each other, but Barbie was obviously made more money. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused like what you're saying, like you'd think the way it reads, it'd just be like, oh, whatever movie made the most money this year. But I will say, do not be surprised if Taylor Swift, the Eros tour sneaks in and steals this one. Just saying, just putting it out there. Uh, you never know. Damn. Yeah, I think uh, I think Taylor Swift definitely has a chance. Again, like I said, Golden Globes likes to go with the like, oh, what's going to get the big moment? So giving it to Taylor Swift, having her attend, because uh, that because this all but assures that Taylor Swift will attend the Golden Globes, probably will do a musical number as well. Uh, my question is though, so if this qualifies for this, because this is a, not technically a a feature film, it's a more of a concert live performance film. Right. Uh, again, I just go back to like, so what does this actually mean? Because it says cinematic and box office achievement. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like if I'm, if I'm breaking it down, I feel like Mission is on here because Tom Cruise does so much for the industry. And I think Taylor's on here just because, and I'm not saying that it's wrong for these movies to be on here. I'm just saying, and I think that Taylor's on here because really the Eras tour went, hey, this is another way to get people packed into theaters at a pretty low price point. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. it's not something that the Eras Tour took, you know, $300 million to produce. It was produced on her tour. Yes, obviously, they have a lot that has to go into it. But, you know, that's a movie that probably cost around $20, $25 million to produce. And, I mean, you look at how much money it made. I mean, it's, it's you know, you're talking 10, 15 times return. I, I think that was a, a big story for movies this year. So... I actually do think it could, I, I don't even know if it would be an upset. I just think that Taylor Swift does have a good shot at this award. Again, assuming that that's what this award means, <laughs> because they don't really, mm. literally all we have is the title of the award to go off of. So, but, but that is some of our thoughts on the Golden Globes this year. Let us know down below what you guys think uh, should win, what you think should be nominated, everything like that. Uh, now let's, uh, let's move on here. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, some Doctor Who. Uh, so we got, we did a little bit of an in-depth, uh, deep dive. We did a little bit of a deep dive on the first episode, uh, two weeks back, but now we have the second two episodes, both last week's, uh, The Wild Blue Yonder. And this week's the episode that just came out this past uh, Saturday called The Giggle, which was uh, the 14th Doctor's regeneration story. Uh, so, TJ, I'm just going to throw it over to you. I Basically, I'll, do, I'll turn this into a question and answer because I'm sure you got questions uh, and I got questions too. But first off, my question is, uh, are you back? 
you know, I think this is a big test for you and a lot of people going, <laughs> you know, can this show, you know, get me back and get, get the show back to a place where I think it's a nice entry point. And to, before I throw it to you to answer one of my questions, I think that the end of this episode gives us maybe the cleanest entry mm. point uh, since either the first Doctor or the ninth Doctor with Christopher Eccleston. I think that shooting <clears throat> is set up to just hit the ground running with almost not needing to know anything that ever came before it, um, which which I think is a big change, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to start with just real quick on what I thought of the second one, so mm-hmm. Wild Blue Yonder. I think I enjoyed the second one more than the first one because... I felt like the second one was more of what I was looking for as far as the first one. You remember mm-hmm. last week when I was kind of like, you know, I, I prefer more of the like, you know, we're figuring things out in a rapid pace, you know, you know, and we have more of these philosophical conversations or whatever you want to call them instead of, you know, him like in the first one, we're pressing all these buttons and we're divided by a <clears throat> divided by a pane of glass. So I thought the second one worked really well. Very creepy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh back to the kind of the the creepiness factor of Doctor Who that I think works so well. Yeah, you specifically uh, brought up uh oh ne- never mind. I guess this is more in the third one, but the third one. Well, yeah. I want to revisit because last time you specifically brought up that dollhouse episode. Yeah. And I think that both of these <laughs> next two episodes had some elements of that, which I thought was really right. funny. The whole kind of like these creatures that are mimicking you and uh, the faster you think, then the faster that they can copy you to 100%. So you have to kind of not think or think very slowly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really cool and interesting idea. They, they come up with these things where I'm like, you think they would have run out of us stuff by now, you know? Like, yeah, or just be like, honestly. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, props to Russ T. Davis wrote this, you said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, so props to him uh, for that episode. So I thought that was a good episode. CG was, you know, here and there. Granted, what are you really expecting, I guess? I mean, it's definitely a bigger budget than it was, but it's not a, a ginormous budget. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're taking what you can get from that. Third episode, uh, I thought was uh, really good. Again, really creepy. Kept that creepiness factor. Uh, I thought the CG looked better in this episode, except for the the heads. The heads never looked great. But like on the puppet? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like that beginning was creepy. Neil Patrick Harris, I thought was great in the episode yeah. as the toy maker who I was like, I was like, is this, who is this? And it goes all the way back to like the 60s, like the first episode or, oh, yeah. you know, one of the first seasons mm-hmm. for that villain. And I'm assuming he's never been seen again up until that. No. That, yeah. Point, just right? those, yeah. literally just those two. Well, back then it was like everything was a two parter, three parter. Like, that's right, just how right, they right. produced it. But, like, that right. one story and then this episode, that was it. <laughs> right. And then bringing back, I forget her name, but she was, uh, like, Mel? a companion. Yeah. Yeah, in, uh, what, it I don't was, know what uh, the, his name was, seven. the actor. Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy yeah. season, which I thought was really cool. You know, that was a cool little callback that I definitely was, you know, And I she's going to be back again. Like, she's there. We've already oh, seen okay. her in, uh, I think, set pictures for, she's got, like, four episodes coming up. So. Yeah. I definitely think not, not to interject here. I just I definitely think no, that good. they are continuing to roll the ball. Not that they ever went away, but I really think that they're gearing up to really focus on unit a lot uh, mm. in these upcoming seasons. Some people have even said that there's a chance that you could see a unit spinoff. I mean, and, and Doctor Who mm. has had spinoffs uh, for many many years, but uh, but yeah. Sorry, continue. 
I enjoyed the whole kind of uh, the different kind of games that they went through to before getting to like the big you know thing where he they're throwing the ball back and forth and yeah. he's on the big gun like when it's kind of all like not real or whatever you know yeah you like know the, what I'm talking the doors about. and stuff yeah the, the doors, doors and all that the, stuff and the I thought, dolls I thought that was all really cool um, sticky baby that was that was really creepy the don't puppet do that lady ever, please, <laughs> in my ear um the ball thing was kind of goofy and i don't know it didn't really quite work for me mm-hmm. uh but i got what they were you know what they were they were going with and all that stuff um and then the the whole split thing the whole by generation where i was like is this this has never happened ever they never brought this up once out of well they probably brought it up but they're like oh it can't happen not a thing. yeah um so what was your you know what was your reaction to that i guess were you like wow they're really they're really just doing this because I'm waiting. For, I'm over here, you know. Yeah. I'm sitting in my chair over here, waiting for the emotional reaction of the, oh, David Tennant, here he goes, he's leaving again, you know. And we just never we we get it, but not in the form I guess that we think. Yeah, I mean, I really uh, I was shocked at it, mm-hmm. but there had been, and I don't want to. I want to be careful here because I didn't know anything going into this, but I knew that there was a leak out there for like the past mm. year okay mm-hmm. where like i'd see tweets that started with like okay guys so i'm thinking more and more that that leak is true and it's like it, like so i knew that that was happening and it was some sort of a a leak about the regeneration itself right um i think that it was a i think more specifically it was just about the fact that shooty and david would share scenes together which has ne- which has really never happened before with with a doctor you know in the regeneration episode, so when that happened I was I was just like baffled and confused and just like what is going on, but I I really liked it I I thought it was a really interesting and it, people are like oh my god, they're changing the lore so much and it's like mm-hmm. I think that the whole timeless child arc which was like a big thing with with Jodie Whittaker's era. That was like a big lore change. That was like saying, no, actually, the first Doctor wasn't the first Doctor. There was countless before that, that that they mm-hmm. just wiped the Doctor's memory and that there was countless Doctors before the first Doctor. That was just the one when, you know, they had gotten their freedom from from the vicious Tech Tayoon, TJ. But, uh, yeah, you, there's, there's <laughs> shows that you can watch. But... Uh, that was like a big lore change to me. That was mm-hmm. like saying, no, William Hartnell wasn't the first guy. There was tons before that. That's like, whoa, this wasn't, people are acting like this changes everything. I think it just changes just this one. Just this one mm-hmm. is is different. You know what I mean? I don't think that this is going to happen for every regeneration going forward. I don't think that at all. And I and talking kind of more metaphysical thematically about the show overall in the episode, uh, I loved the the reasoning and what it meant. I, I loved the whole um, Shooty is so f- carefree and kind of has this ability to be light on his feet and stuff, whereas David is so yeah, dire. <laughs> yeah, and David is so dire that you know. When Donna says, like, we did it, and, it, like, Shooty's like, yeah, we did it. And David's like, but how many people did I let die in the meantime? Mm-hmm. And, and I, so I like the idea that it's, like, Shooty is, is post-David doing all of this 
rehab, a.k.a. just living a normal life. Uh, I, so I really like that, that they were like, okay, the doctor's kind of hitting like a, a checkpoint. Like he's kind of, he's saving the game at Donna's house and is going to mm. let himself decompress and forgive himself and kind of understand everything and think about everything and talk to Donna about it all so that when, this is my interpretation of it, so that when David dies, when that doctor dies, then that is the shooty that we see. You know what I mean? Like, that that's what I take it as, is that when this 14th doctor dies, he will just disappear and then become shooty Gatwa in that moment. That That's mm. exactly what I think happened. I don't think that it's... People were thinking that it was like a clone of the Doctor. I, I don't think it was a clone of the Doctor. I think it was going, you know... You know how Doctors in the past, when they, when they, they get their uh, death injury, and then there's a couple mm -hmm. of minutes where they go, this is just the reset. You know what I mean? I think that all of this time, after David gets hit with the laser, up to when he will eventually turn into Shooty, all of that, I think, is still just the reset. So I think that if you mm -hmm. went and killed... David's doctor right now, he would just die. Like, he would not regenerate. He would, yeah. you know what I mean? I like, And I think people are kind of getting that wrong and therefore, like, getting mad at it. And I'm like, I don't think you understand, I, I don't think you guys are, like, deciphering it correctly. And I don't think mm -hmm. that it's something, and, and then I've seen people say, well, then they should have explained it better. And I'm like, no, I think it's just, it didn't really need to be explained because it's just kind of this simple concept where it's just like, no, David's kind of taking a vacation but now Shooty gets to go forward and be the doctor going forward and everything. So I, th I thought it looked I thought it looked great, was great, everything like that. I do think that the catch was a little, you know, whatever. I, I, I thought yeah. it was a little, you know, <laughs> less than stellar. I would have liked, like, a huge dramatic thing. But again, we're talking about a ten times bigger budget per episode, which is still four times less than Mandalorian. So it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like... A show that already sometimes gets flack for not looking great in every episode, Mandalorian, you're talking about a fourth of that budget. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you can't, as much as I would have loved to have that, you can't then just in the last 10 minutes have a big like space battle or something. But yeah, I, I, overall I really liked it and I loved Neil Patrick Harris. I thought that he was great. I loved everything with going over Amy Pond and Clara and the flux yeah, and everything with the stuff. puppet. Yeah. That was so mm -hmm. great. And the, oh, yeah. the Can you explain accent that to switching. Me? Yeah, what? What is flux? What, what, what is the flux? Yeah, so that was Jody's final season. Was okay. it was basically this like space parasite that mm. was working its way from the edges of the universe, like inward, essentially, and it uh. was basically killing like every other planet as it went through. And okay. so it was like this. It was literally just a six-episode season uh, that literally just ran from October or from Halloween to uh christmas and that was it or from halloween mm. to thanksgiving and that was mm. it it was just six episodes but that was basically all it was and the big thing at the end of that was just that she uh stopped it but it she stopped it you know right before it took over the earth essentially so it was mm. like it was a very dramatic thing that people again just like the timeless child thing where people were like can't wait for russell t davies to come in and just like you know retcon all that stuff it's like he's he is like doubling and tripling down on this so i i, I thought that was a really fun moment and people pointed out correctly because i went oh well that's kind of is that kind of lame to jody to be like we have this big emotional connection to amy and clara 
but then we don't go into any of her companions. But then somebody made a great point that goes, well, he can't bring up any of her companions because all of Jody's companions lived. She was able to get everyone home alive, uh, mm -hmm. which, you know, and I was like, oh, you're right. He wouldn't be able to say like, oh, and this is Graham. He went back home and lived the rest of his life totally normally and unaffected. Like, you know, that that wouldn't have been as hard hitting as, as talking yeah. about the flux. But yeah, I love that stuff. And I loved the Spice Girls dance number. I thought that easily could have been like stupid, but I, I thought that was great with all the roses oh, and everything yeah, I like that. that. And I thought I it was, was creepy was too funny. with the like uh -huh. reality glove or the reality stone of it all of him turning guys into bouncy balls and like killing them and... Kate goes, like, Doctor, where are they? And he goes, I'm so sorry, but they're dead. We have to go. Like, it felt, like, very, like, shit was moving, and it was, like, pretty dire. And then when mm -hmm. he when he does get that gun, it's like, oh, my God, what is he going to do with that? Like, and then, I, and then I liked the simplicity of the fact that he just took that big gun and just shot the doctor right in the chest. Like, that, like that was it. I was just, I just liked, <laughs> yeah. like, how simple that was, you know what I mean? About it time wasn't, somebody did that. Yeah, exactly. Can't talk, your, talk yourself out of this one. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just thought that was great. And he I thought, said he put the, yeah. He said he trapped the master in his gold tooth. See that? That was crazy. I did that's see. That's what I, that's yeah. what I knew. I was like, oh, this guy's a real deal right here. Yeah, I didn't even realize <laughs> that. I, I, I think it was partially the accent and partially I was just mm -hmm. like, either not, not paying attention, but I was just like. I just missed it, honestly, because that was before mm -hmm. I had my surround sound. So uh, I, I could, if I could have boosted the vocals, I think I would. I won't miss anything uh, in the future. But yeah, going back, I and then somebody picks up the tooth at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who do we think was. that was? I have no idea. Couldn't well, even people have think. people have said that uh, the only person wearing red nail polish in the episode was Kate. So oh, I don't know. Maybe Kate's, um, Kate's up to something. <clears throat> I saw a theory. I think I forget where I saw it, but somebody was like, "Oh, can you imagine if you know David Tennant? Uh, he just kind of turns out to be the uh, curator at the art museum." Mm -hmm. Do you think that? Do you think that would work? I, I think be... that I think that works a hundred percent. I actually think going even beyond that. I think you could say that somewhere out there in time travel that that is the Tom Baker that by generated that you, mm. you could just say that, that, mm -hmm. that, that is the Tom Baker from a timeline where he by generated into Peter Davidson. Right. And so it's like he, you know, Peter Davidson was like, Whoa, you're me. I'm you. And then Peter mm -hmm. Davidson went off and was the fifth doctor, but Tom Baker stayed in London and, and became the, the creator, I think, or the curator. Sorry. I think right, right. either one works. I think either one works for sure. That's kind of why I like this is because it's like it just kind of leaves the door open to say like, uh, you know, you know, maybe this could have happened. This could have happened and we didn't even know about it. You know what I mean? Like right. it, there could be doctors out there that are still going. I mean, technically, in a time travel perspective, all the doctors are out there at all times. You know what I mean? But uh, like in the 50th anniversary, the, you know no, sir, all 13, and all the doctors yeah, are yeah. there at once. Like, <laughs> technically, that could happen at any time. But, yeah, I, I just, 100%. I, I think 100%. I think it's like a cool new thing added to the show that then, like you said, something from a decade ago uh, could explain Tom Baker being in that museum. 
and and seemingly knowing that he is the doctor if anything it's just crazy actually how well that scene uh lends itself to this whole concept because it's like well how does this old guy have all the doctor's knowledge and he's kind of playing around playing coy with himself uh and it's like well it makes perfect sense if this is a far far future version of the doctor that has just traveled back i kind of i kind of love that and and Uh, and who's to say that maybe the 48th doctor just the way the 14th doctor took the 10 doctor's face maybe the 30th doctor turns it turns into tom baker again you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it, it could be anything i guess but yeah sorry continue uh you had asked if i am in I th- I'd say I'm willing to uh, to jump back in right now at this point. Did I'm you see say, the you know, teaser? Um, for is it a season teaser or is it just for like the first episode? For the first episode, the Disney Plus. No, one I didn't put see out. it. No. Do you want to watch it? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll watch it. Thirty seconds. <clears throat> sure. All right. Oh, 30 seconds. Oh boy. Here we go. Now I will say, man. Honestly, this looks pretty dang good to me. Okay. I was like, I don't know if it's that, uh, I don't know if it's that editing mm-hmm. or what's that Disney plus, uh, marketing budget, but man, something, something's, something feels different and a little more epic. Uh, so here we go. 31 seconds. First trailer for uh, doctor who holiday special, by the way, first Christmas special in uh, six or seven years, which is crazy because they've had one for every year before that. But uh, the church of Ruby road, here we go. Can you hear it? <laughs> No, you cannot. Can you hear it? I can hear it. Okay, hang on. Come on. There we go. Hold up. Why can't I hear it? (laughs) Great. That's what I just realized. I can still hear you. Man, don't don't you just miss uh, Wavelink? No, I don't. I mean, I use it. It's fine. It works for me. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here we go. So you can hear it, right? Yep. All right, perfect. Oh. I like this, like, mystery. Mm. Huh. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. Interesting I, trailer. I just think it's teaser. it feels, like, a lot more, like, kinetic. You know what I mean? Like, it feels right. like that more, like, modern kind of... I don't know. It just feels like a, an American cut trailer versus, like, a BBC cut trailer, to be totally mm. honest. And because that is, because they released, the BBC released a teaser for it like six days ago, or not six days ago, they released it on Saturday, a teaser for Mm -hmm. it, but then Disney released on Monday their version of a trailer for it, and I think that the Disney Plus release trailer is far better than the BBC one. The BBC one is just like, kind of just like images and shots of it with like music behind it. Like this is like actually setting up this interesting thing where it's like, it seems like the doctor comes across this baby, leaves it at an orphanage, and then years later, that baby is Ruby, which mm-hmm. looks I'm like, is he going to tell her? Like, kind of sets up this interesting uh, mystery right off the bat, for me at least. I, I'm very interested to see uh, to see what comes up with that. But uh, yeah, I am definitely in. And like I said, too, I do think this just puts Shooty in a spot where it's like he can start off his run with, like, almost as clean a slate as, like, the 2005 reboot, where it's like, you know, David is kind of, he's kind of parked with all that baggage, Mm -hmm. with all the Amy, Rose, Martha, Donna, you know, Rory, everybody that he was with all those years, or everybody that that the Doctor was with all those years. I I just think it's great. I I just think it's great. But, uh, yeah, 
Very, very good. Overall, uh, rate the 60th anniversary specials. Where would you be at for all three of them out of five? Uh, probably four. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I, I think that one was really good when I saw it. And now I'm thinking retrospect, I think it's probably my least favorite of the three. But it, but it has some great <laughs> Donna and all of her family and everything like that uh-huh. in it, too. So I don't think it's a bad episode, but I just think it's the weakest of the three. Then, uh, then I think it. I think they just each kept getting better. I really liked the second one, but I didn't think it was like perfect. Uh, and then I really, really liked the third one. I thought that they really like pulled it together, and there was some there was some kind of dorky, cheesy moments. But I think otherwise there was some really dark, creepy stuff. I thought the Neil Patrick Harris uh, was an excellent choice for a villain here. Much better American stunt casting. Uh, than casting Eric Roberts as the master in the 90s. Uh, I think that's a, yeah, much bigger introduction. That being said, Russell T. Davies, if you can find some genius way to bring Eric Roberts back as the master, go for it. I'm, I'm down for, for whatever. That would be crazy if we got him back. But, yeah, overall, I think I'm going to agree with you, actually. I think I'm going to go with a four out of five. But I'm very excited to see uh, Shooting Godwa start his new uh, era as the 15th Doctor. But yeah, so speaking of Doctor Who and television and 60th anniversaries of television and everything like that, we are going to end out here. Uh, looks like it's probably I, we're only in an hour, but uh, I guess I'm talking fast today. Uh, we are going to end out with uh, giving you our top fives, talking a little bit of TV at you, a little bit of TV from 2023. So TJ, let's just take this one at a time. Uh where do you want to start? Also, by the way, well, uh, I just remembered because if you might shout out something that I completely blanked on because I just right. remembered that Succession ended this year. Dude, I just said the same thing. I was literally just updating my list. Li- yeah, literally. <laughs> wow. Okay, why don't we... So you start. We'll just do how we usually do, even though we only have five. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you have any honorables? Or are you like just at... I just have five. I'd probably say an honorable. Uh, this might be a shock. Uh, I'd probably say Ahsoka is an honorable for me. I literally, <clears throat> right before you said that, I just the final change that I just made was putting Ahsoka mm-hmm. at six. <laughs> so I yeah. think, I think, yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred <clears throat> percent. We were gonna do ten, but then I was like, I just, <clears throat> I just haven't watched, you know, all that television, especially new. But like, granted, like you said, Succession is twenty twenty three, the last season. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you start with your five, and then we'll go from okay. there. Well, do you, I do have some honorables? Do you want okay, me to yeah, just yeah. knock them out? Your honorable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I would just say, just don't even say anything if they're on your list, because then I'll let okay. you talk about it. But because I I did watch, I think in general I probably watch more TV than TJ does, just because I think in general he probably watches more movies than I do, in general. But uh, I will go. Barry is an honorable mention for me. I think Jury Duty is an honorable mention. Invincible only because it's just the first half. Uh, I'll throw it on there. Uh, another one, Monarch. I think if that show was over, I think mm-hmm. there's a high chance that it makes it in my top five. I think there's a definite chance that it would be in the top ten, even right now, just halfway over. Then I put uh, season six of Black Mirror on there as a honorable mention. That would also be firmly in my top ten if we were doing uh, a top ten. Like I said, Ahsoka... Uh, and then, uh, the last two honorable mentions are both from Apple and that is, uh, shrinking, 
which came out way mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. in the year with uh, Jason Siegel, Jessica, oh my God, Jessica Walters, I believe, and uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, which was great, and then another Apple TV Plus show, which was Hijack with Idris Elba. Uh, that show was incredible. Just six short episodes. Uh, it was just some of the most action-packed, intense stuff. Actually, to be honest, I'm probably going to put Hijack at at my number my number six, my number one honorable mm. mention because that that was really like edge of my seat, heart heart pounding stuff uh, all six weeks. So yeah, mm-hmm. that'll probably be what it is. And then you want me to go with my five. Uh, real quick, I will also add Barry to honorable mention. And yeah. then, <clears throat> even though it fell off, I think, in the last season, I think I'll throw Ted Lasso on there as well. Okay, yeah, I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll throw <laughs> Ted Lasso on there yeah. as another one. But yeah, I think it definitely, the the delta there from, from the first, really the first season, but the first two to the third one is, is mm. pretty big. You know, I'll throw another uh, honorable mention there. Uh, and I'll say Enterprise Incidents. Uh, the mm. podcast makes me feel okay. like I'm watching Star Trek while I'm listening to the podcast. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'll just throw that out there. I think that's that's been right. one of my favorite concurrent shows to listen episode after episode this whole year. Uh, my number five. I don't know, TJ, I might get some flack for this for it being so low on the list, but it did premiere this year at the very beginning. Uh, and that is number five, The Last of Us. Do you wanna do you wanna punt that? Do you wanna punt that? Okay. All right. Punt. All right. We're punting that. All right. What is your number five? Uh, my number five is a little show that I like to call Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, see, I'm not even in on this board, so have have at it. Have at <clears throat> it. Yeah. Uh, this was a week in week out viewing appointment for me every Wednesday. Uh, usually it would be, you know, it's it depended on I don't know how they decided, but. Sometimes it would be two half-hour episodes, or sometimes it would be one-hour episode each week. But just really, a really good follow-up season. Obviously, everything that happened two? this season. Yeah, and it got renewed for a third, I believe. Nice. But everything that happened this season already happened, so mm-hmm. it happened, like, months ago. So we already know they got promoted, but seeing the story from the inside, you know, obviously seeing the perspectives of... Uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, obviously, but uh, also what it means to the town after being down in that in that mm-hmm. lower division for so long. It and really is like Richard. what it me- <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what it means to them to uh, finally come back up into, you know, not obviously not the Premier League, but this is where you know would they we're be back in the Champions into- League then? No. Oh, I don't uh, know. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> Champions League's a whole different monster. I took a shot. We'd be I took a shot about. anyway. But now we can start to, uh, you know, start to build our way back up, and we can start to, you know, obviously not get to the Premier League because that's I think that's another three or four divisions from where they're at right now. But mm-hmm. can we get, you know, can we get to the next one this coming year, and then maybe we spend a year or two in this one? Then can we get to the next one? And I think the big, uh, the big plus for me on the show is just that it's not just about soccer. You know, yeah. it's about what the what the ta- the community means to the team, what the team means to the community, you know, how it's affected different people's lives, the different tragedies that the town has gone through through its history. It just it's a really I think a really well documented uh story and I'm glad that they got renewed for a third season. <clears throat> yeah, now I have a question. How come mm-hmm. we can't have 
like a huge in-depth documentary series following like an NFL team like that. Or we have, do have we? that. What do we have? <laughs> we have that uh, every season. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, not as in-depth. Uh, so there's the show on HBO called Hard Knocks. It's been oh. on since it's been on for I don't know how many years, but it'll they'll do the the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just started, I think maybe two years ago, uh, they just started doing mid season, uh, hard knocks. So this year it's the Miami dolphins. So I think they probably started premiering those episodes maybe three weeks ago. And I think it usually goes from that point to the end of the season. Have they um, ever done, uh, like this iteration <coughs> of the bills? Uh, no, okay. no, there's like, there's like, uh, I forget what the rules are. There's certain parameters that a team has to meet to be able to be on it, I believe. Like, like it's like they have to be a certain level of good. Like it's not distracting them. Kind of like I think it's like, oh, you didn't something about like you didn't make the playoffs in the past however many years or granted the I think the midseason one is different, probably. Mm -hmm. But like I know I think like the original Hard Knocks, which is the the preseason was like, oh, you didn't make the playoffs in however many years or maybe a certain amount of wins or whatever. I believe there's, like, parameters for being on it. If gotcha. I, but the Bills, from if, to my knowledge, have never been on it. Okay. <coughs> gotcha. See, that's that's what I would love. Like, I would watch mm. that. I would watch shit out of that. I mean, obviously, everyone in their own city would say that. But it's just, like, I would watch right. a show that's just every year Josh Allen being like, you know, gotta fucking get this one. And, like, Terry, yeah. you know, Terry Pagula going crazy and stuff. <laughs> They approached him to do, uh, at least I think they did, because uh, do you remember the the quarterback series that came out yeah, on Netflix? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. So I think I, th- I thought they had said that they approached him to do that for this upcoming one, and that he declined. But I could be wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> he seems like I don't know. He seems. I mean, I know that everybody knows this, but like he does seem like that kind of guy that like I feel like he gets in his own head and he's like, I can't let I can't oh, yeah. let I can't distract he myself with like that. that. Yeah, yeah. He definitely <laughs> yeah. gets in his own head way too much. Like. <laughs> And honestly, that's like I gotta say, she's great with a bow and arrow, but like, you gotta look out for your guy sometimes, Haley. Like, mm-hmm. can't be can't be off avenging twenty four seven. Hell yeah, she is. Those pictures. I yeah. said to my roommate, I said, <laughs> I said, what do you think the chances are? This was on Monday, so I said, what do you think the chances are that at some point yesterday, in either direction, the text was sent from known friends, Haley Steinfeld to Taylor Swift, going like. I got you today. Like, uh, like our, <laughs> our guys are going up against each other. Like, you know, I was like that. They had to have talked about that. Like she, Taylor had to have been like, Oh my God, are you going to be at this thing? No, I've got Thunderbolts reshoots. I can't, I can't do it. Taylor Swift, um, way more famous than Haley Steinfeld. Oh, Steinfeld. I literally said, I literally said that. I, I forget what even the context was, but in that conversation, I was like, uh, it's just funny that out of the four of them, like there is very clearly one that is probably twenty times more famous than any of the other three. Oh yeah, <laughs> like in that double date, for sure, for sure. Uh, my number four is a little show that I hope is a punt. Uh, oh, it's not going to be a punt because you didn't finish it. But my number four is Gen V. Uh, no, I finished. Oh, you did finish. That's done. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. never mind. We literally talked about the finale. I everything bleds together. So my number four is Gen V. Last week, I don't think we did, but I could be wrong. I meant uh, I mean, we we texted about it. Oh but, yeah, uh, uh, that is my number four. Shit, there we go. Well, <laughs> take it. Here's your here's your chance. Give your give your uh, Gen V thoughts. Crazy, crazy show. That finale, um, man. You think? Yeah, you I think, don't think it. Uh, what's his name? You think he's done for? 
And then Marie just goes, eh, you know what, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I mean, Andre, listen. You think Andre's done for? She's not, uh, she's not OP. I mean, maybe she is. I don't know. that. that Which Because I was waiting for, I forget her name, the main girl. Marie. Uh, yeah, Marie. Yeah. I was like, because I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that, like, she, okay, she can do this blood stuff, but, like, can't she, like, couldn't she, like, technically, like, exactly blow your limb off at any like any point i think point the in... idea is that they're starting like very small with her power right like yeah right so that was crazy yeah. uh what senator i forget her i always forget her victoria name newman. um victoria victoria newman i thought for some reason in my head she was dead because i remember her exploding that head at the end of season two i think it was yeah and for some reason in my head i thought she had died in season three she's but in, she's uh, on her way to the white house now she yeah, I mean just a lot, a ton going on. Uh, I can't even, you know, completely remember. Yeah, now that you're done, I can say so unabashedly. Right. It's so interconnected. It's like right. you were like yes. you were like, do I really need to watch it in episode two? Yeah. By episode two, I was like, yeah, probably. I was like, I think uh-huh. it's going places. It's like, not that you won't understand the boys, but you'll be like, there's just so much more story to be had, mm-hmm. and it's so good. Which is like I thought crazy. that was a, but I thought that was a great reveal where it was like, oh, Homelander killed your family because they were on the plane. I was like, oh yeah, in like season one, yes, when he's... for for Dean Shetty, yeah, yeah. yeah that <laughs> right, was crazy, yes, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, that was a gr- that was great to link that all back together. That was so great. Um, and did they correct me if I I might be totally wrong on this? Did they make it that her daughter in specific was the daughter that was was the one that Maeve was trying to save? Because they show the flashback, oh, I, I think, right? Oh, okay, never mind. No, okay, I don't okay. Because I just remember there was that there was that family that like Maeve was like, if we could just take these two people, he was like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. man. Right, but yeah, right. Homelander showing up at the end, absolutely crazy. I really thought he was gonna come down and just nuke all of them, just yeah. like goodbye, see ya. Literally, but... yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I just got a shout out. I can't not uh, Emma. I think is one of the best new characters in the boys universe. She's the one that like shrinks and stuff. She is Mm -hmm. from the first episode. I I am so blanking on the actress's Mm -hmm. name right now, but she is like incredible. Like she is just like dynamite on screen and one of the best screen presence in that show. I loved all of those new characters, like literally Mm -hmm. all of them. And I, so what, and and I remember you saying like, "Ah, that's what I'm most worried about is like, am I going to like these characters as much? And I was Mm -hmm. like, dude, yes. Like they, they are all written so well. Even somebody like Patrick Schwarzenegger as a Golden Boy, who, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's he's not in the show for very long in a traditional sense, but all throughout the season they find cool ways to bring him back, whether it's mm-hmm. flashbacks or memories or uh, the personification of someone's guilt. You know what I mean? I, I thought that was so cool how they were doing all that. Another great character, Jordan, the uh like bi-gendered one that their power is that they can mm-hmm. swap their gender i thought jordan was an incredible character i i think probably if i had to pick the weakest character it would probably be andre but even andre with his dad they gave him some really cool and interesting stuff to do at the end so i think andre is going to be you know an even cooler character going forward huge win on gen v just so mm-hmm. such potential to be like well this is where the boys universe stumbles and instead, it was like they hit the ground running even more. So huge, really like Gen V. So that was my four and your four. So what's your three? Uh, so my three was Succession, season four. 
Oh, shit. Okay, that is a punt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then my number three uh, is something that I'm now getting worried, but I hope made your list, is uh, Loki. That's a punt. Okay. All right. Uh, so what is your number two? So my two's Loki. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk about Loki then. Uh, great fo- Just a great follow-up uh, to a great season one. And just, gr- just wonderfully, I guess. Wonderfully realized. Realized wrapping up a character that we've been with for so long. Well, also, dare I say getting the MCU out of a certain slump character predicament. Oh, well okay. Yeah, slump, yeah. 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 Uh, in a way that could possibly work in the future. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I see what you mean now. Yes. I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah. I, I mean, we covered Loki. I would say I would use the word extensively on the channel and, and I loved it. I mean, I loved, that was one of, that was one of the, the that run uh, in the late summer was really incredible. I mean, just going from Ahsoka into Loki, into Gen V, into uh, the start of Invincible was just like an incredible run of TV. And if I had started it at the right time, Monarch also started uh, around that time in the in the mm-hmm. beginning, or sorry, in the beginning of uh, November. Loki was just so good and so, like you said, well-realized, well-constructed. Uh, it felt real the sets were incredible the the costumes were incredible the performances were better than the previous season you know all that stuff just added up to just be an incredible uh tv experience and i thought it was just amazing to me that's i Mm. I thought it was really really good so that was your two so my two which i'm now really nervous here uh my two is season two of the bear I never seen it, so I. Oh man! Okay, well, I mean, I also did. I I did a couple videos back uh, on the bear. That was back a, a. When was that show? June, I think that was. I think the bear was I think in so June. Somewhere there. Um, I do. I do want to check it out because I do love the fact that oh, the episodes incredible. are about half an hour. Yeah, it's love incredible. That. It's incredible. <laughs> it's it's literally. Like now that Succession is gone, it, I think it's I think it's the best show on TV right now. Wow. That's that's not uh, say, that's not saying yeah. you know anything that nobody else has, but or you um, can say just uh, this is a this is we can I can tell you after our, my our list. It's just a show that I just thought of that I was looking forward to, but I can I can we can talk about it after the list. Oh, okay, <clears throat> yeah, I mean the bear, an incredible, you know, debut with season one last year to just. If Loki doubled down, I mean, this quadrupled down of more emotion, deeper feeling, even more reliance on themes. And I, I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for themes and things, you know, even even more reliant on overall themes compared to plot specific things happening. Some of the best single episodes of the year uh, I think three of the best episodes of TV across any show this year are from the bear. And I think just movie quality cinematography, movie quality acting, movie quality writing, movie quality uh, production value, everything like that. I think this will probably go down. I'm not. I'm not even thinking about all the ones that they've had on the top of my head. I know Handmaid's Tale or Handmaid's Tale. I think this is going to go down as FX or as a FX Hulu's best show 
uh, mm. I think for sure. And now that it's all folded in, it's now a Disney Plus show, but uh, it's originally started as FX and FX Hulu show. Just incredible. Jeremy Allen White, Evan Moss Backrack, ev- every single person that's involved, John Bernthal, Bob Odenkirk, Jamie Lee Curtis, Abby Elliott, who I think never, ever gets the proper shout-out for that show uh, that she deserves, who plays Carmi's sister, is incredible. Uh, Ao Edabiri, who obviously plays Sydney in the show. I mean, I fell in love with her in the first season, Second season, Sydney is just like one of the most, one of the most real and heartbreaking uh, characters that you just you just feel for her and and mm-hmm. her overall mental state and emotional state, uh, where it's like she's putting everything to try and keep everyone else afloat and she is just like somewhat crumpling on the inside and that the way that that's portrayed in the show was absolutely beautiful. Uh, that show is incredible, um, but it doesn't beat my number one, but. We'll get to that in a second, because you still have to let us know uh, what your number one is. Uh, correct. And before we do, I just want to give you another... Uh, Honorable? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I was, it, what I was thinking of was last year. Oh, okay. it was this year. I was thinking of We Own the City uh, with John Berthal. Oh, right, right, right. That right, yeah, series, yeah. but that was last year. My number one is Last of Us. <clears throat> All the way from my number five. Yep. Uh, All right, well, uh, go for it. I just thought it was a, an amazing uh, video game adaptation, and they did, with every part of the show, they stayed true to what the video game was and the story, but they also took some liberties that I thought worked out really well. Specifically, the 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 episode with... Uh, oh my Frank and Bill? Yeah, Frank and Bill, mm-hmm. which is, for one, again, from what I remember way more information you're getting in the episode than you get in the game. But I thought they did an amazing job kind of carving out that episode and having it work into the whole, the narrative as a whole. And I'm really excited for season two. I'm very excited to see, uh, oh my God, her name's blanket. Caitlin Deaver. I literally just, Caitlin Deaver. Oh my gosh. We just talked about it. I was just hoping uh, that that was what you were talking about. Yeah. Caitlin Deaver is uh, Abby. She's gonna look crazy excited, once she goes on the, to get the MCU jacked. diet. Yeah, she's gonna. <laughs> they're putting her on that Kamel diet right now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited to see her and uh, her and Bella Ramsey face off. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say, all those shows that I just said, Black Mirror, Monarch, Shrinking, Invincible, Jury Duty, Barry, Hijack, Ahsoka, are all shows that I thought were incredible and loved, and I thought they were all worse than The Last of Us. So, like, The yeah. Last of Us being at five is not any knock on The Last of Us whatsoever. I loved that show. I just think that the the other four, I think, just kind of opened up to me a little bit more. But I loved it. I thought the Pedro Pascal was amazing. The performances, it reminded me of early Walking Dead, what The Walking Dead could have looked like if HBO had picked it up. It reminded me of that. And, and uh, even more so, I thought that it was... I don't know. I think it was, I, I mean, not to com- only compare it to The Walking Dead. I just thought that it was like The Walking Dead done way better. Again, similar to The Bear, the fact that it's like you have all this cool stuff going on, but then the show f- goes, we're so confident in our storytelling and our characters that that's what the focus of the show is. And I know that some people thought that was a detriment to not have as many of the clickers in the show uh, and to mm-hmm. not have as many of them, you know, present or whatever, but. I thought it was perfectly fine for what they were trying to do. And I thought that when they did have big action scenes with uh, the clickers and stuff, I, I really thought, and the, the uh, infected 
Uh, I really, really thought that that stuff was crazy, particularly the end of the episode with uh, Melanie Linsky. The uh, what are they? What are their names? Sam and uh, the two brothers. The deaf, the young deaf boy, Sam, Sam and whatever oh, his brother's name is. That yeah. episode uh, was really good. I think maybe they were trying to get through Chicago, I think. Really great episode that ends with that kind of courtyard, and it's kind of Joel with the sniper, and then that Henry. horde. Yeah, Sam and Henry. And then that horde of infected just rises up from, like, the subway, and, like, under the house. Like, the, the they mm-hmm. just crawl out from the ground, and it's like... And I remember watching those epic behind the scenes things from hbo just breaking down that it's like yeah they used 55 extras and then you know some of them had to be digital and some of them had to do this and there was the giant uh what is it the bloater uh so much Mm -hmm. great stuff in that show so much great stuff i really like that show a lot this year but to me man i i think it all just comes down to that funeral episode of season four of succession just like shattered my soul in a way that I don't think. I, yeah, can we get him out? Can uh, I just but, say real quick? Yeah, speaking of uh, Kieran Culkin, uh, did you see the like Macaulay Culkin's like? Just I don't know if I had ever heard him speak as an adult, but I was like, holy shit! They yeah, sound he, like sounds, the exact he sounds exactly same the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because that was what the t- how the tweet framed it in my mind. But yeah, I clicked right. that video and I went. It it literally was just like, this is such an honor for me today. Like, and I was just like, right. wait, is that what he's always sounded like? I made my family disappear. <laughs> Roman's Roman's uh, dream, right? I made my family disappear. No, but genuinely, I mean, whether it is the, I think the ballsiest decision in. I don't even know how long because they kill Walter White in the finale. Oh, spoiler alert for that. They kill Walter White in the finale. So it's like that's kind of mm-hmm. expected. Are, are we okay to say who dies in season four of Succession at this point? You think we're okay? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Uh, to kill your main character after two uh. episodes, it's just like one of the ballsiest decisions I've seen on a show in so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, rather than hurt the show at all, it just, like, made it ten times better. Because it's just, like, you have this... Because of shows like Breaking Bad and Sopranos... and so, Well, Sopranos actually is left open-ended. But, you know, you have these archetypes and these arcs in your mind that you go, mm-hmm. okay, well, the show is probably going to be building up to when Logan dies. So that's what we're building up to. And then to just have the rug pulled a me- like a, right out from under you. At the very beginning of the third episode, uh, at Connor's wedding, no less, I thought it was incredible. And I think another shout out that I want to give is Matthew McFadden. I think this was easily Tom's best season uh, in both in terms of the material that he was given to work with, his storyline and uh, Matthew McFadden's performance. I thought Tom was never better than this. Uh, I think that Kendall was fantastic. And then again, I think really, though, I think Roman was really... uh, the, the big winner coming out of this season. I just think that Kieran Culkin really nailed that character in a way that I don't even think he had in the first three seasons, and I think he was great in those. But this was really mm. where he, we got to explore and go deep into Roman's uh, entire psyche and everything like that. I just thought it was start start Alan Ruck fantastic as well. I just think start to finish it was, it was the best season of television this year. Uh, yeah, I am... 100% lockstep with you. 
even though I finished it on and a plane, James Cromwell still got James all those Cromwell feels. As well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's let's go back review our our lists again. All right. So you want to hit yours? Yeah, I'll hit mine. So number five is. Welcome to Wrexham, number four, Gen V, number three, Succession, number two, Loki, number one, Last of Us. All right, so I am uh, not entirely flipped, but I'm a little flipped from you. So five, I have The Last of Us, four, I have Gen V, three, I have Loki, two, I have The Bear, and number one, I have season four of Succession. So, boom. I think absolutely stellar year of TV, Mm -hmm. hopefully... House of the Dragon is number one on uh, my list next year. But uh, I was very sad that there was no House of the Dragon this year. Uh, that being said, though, I think it was still a really good year for TV. And, th- you know, there's a ton of reality shows and stuff, too, that we didn't really get into that I just haven't really had the time to watch all that much of. But uh, mm-hmm. I've had some cha- with some changes in my life and changes in my, the house, my household life. Uh, I have a lot more free time uh, to just do, do stuff on my own. Uh, so I, I'm probably, you know, gonna get caught up on some things like Squid Game, the challenge and stuff, uh, you know, apparently that's really good. Apparently it's really good, but I mean, it is kind of a, kind of evil, uh, and, and a little, a little disgusting, but, uh, I guess the internet was like, you know what, but this one's so good, you can go ahead and watch it. (laughs) So so, we got some, like, we got, we got the penguin apparently coming 2024. We got acolyte coming 2024. Skeleton crew. Skeleton Crew. Oh, by the way, still uh, left for this year too. We still have all of What If season two. Is still coming. Oh this wow, year. that's still. Yeah. When is that? Next week or two weeks? From uh, now? yeah, next week. Twenty. Oh, okay, twenty second. Yeah. 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 So real quick, two. Uh, one. The one show I really wanted to mention that I'm excited yes. for that I forgot about. Uh, and another one I guess Fallout. Obviously, we talked about the other day. But have you heard about the uh, show from uh, Park Chan Woo? uh the yes. sympathizer yes i have yes, yes absolutely okay. did you see the trailer uh the one that came out like seven months ago yeah was it seven months ago yeah it was like it it was at that warner brothers investor call or something it was oh, well, it was me. when they released okay. that penguin featurette <laughs> no 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 you're ago. totally fine because they they released <laughs> okay. that trailer all that time ago way before the strikes and then it like got all this new popularity. Like people would just all of a sudden naturally were starting to talk about it again. Right. So yeah, here it is, seven months ago. Shit. Yeah. Oh, was it exactly seven months? <laughs> it, it was like eight months ago. Oh, okay. Like, wow. I didn't yeah. even think about that. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't realize RDJ was playing like five different people. Yeah. Now <laughs> something that I only found out in this recent kind of surge of a ton of people talking about it is yeah. He, his for do you know like what the conceit of his character is? No. I thought that what it was was that he was like a spy, and mm-hmm. so he had all these different disguises. Apparently what it is is he is playing the human personification of America. Oh, okay. But, but it changes. Okay. It's like the different facets right. of America. And I was like, okay. okay, that sounds like super metaphysical, interesting, crazy stuff. And uh, I, I just I can't wait to see the performance. I can't wait to see the show, and I can't wait to hear RDJ be able to talk about it. Yeah. Like because he hasn't really talked about the show at all. But yeah, no, that's a that's a big one. I just that's also I just HBO, took out right? Old Boy again from the library, so yeah. hopefully this time I'll be able to watch it. But you said you like like you saw uh, Decision to Leave, right? You like yes. that movie? Yeah, I gotta check that one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <clears throat> Decision to Leave is very very good. That's what I was gonna say earlier when we were doing the Globes. I was like uh, Zone of Interest 
and uh, what's the other one? Anatomy of a Fall are like mm. this year's decision to leave and uh, uh, what was the rich people one? Triangle of Sadness. It's like those are the those are this year's versions of those two movies. Like that it's was like, last year. Yeah, Triangle of Sadness. No, decision to leave. Oh yeah, decision to leave was Holy last year. Shit, I thought it was like. <laughs> We didn't talk about that this year. That is crazy. No, yeah, that was that that was definitely this there that was definitely this past no, year. I'm reading it. It says twenty twenty two. I just I I'm shocked. Holy crap. I'm just shocked that last year was twenty twenty two, if I'm being honest. Oh, wow. Like so I did long not ago. realize that. Uh well, all right. <laughs> some last things here to cover. Uh next week, please join us. It is gonna be the last show, last uh PFN live show of the year. We are going to have a guest on. We're going to have Christmassy time. We're going to be talking about Christmas. We're going to be uh, looking like Christmas. It's going to be a Christmassy time. Uh, and then we will not have a show on the 26th, just because it's right after Christmas. I'm definitely going to have to work that day because I'm not working Christmas. Uh, and then we will be off on the 2nd as well, just because, again, I will not be working New Year's Day, so I will definitely be have to work the 2nd. Uh, and it just gives us a break because then on the 9th of January, we will be back and we are going to take two weeks, get caught up on everything that we can get caught up on. And absolutely, we are doing full show dedicated to top tens, definitely some honorable mentions, but we are doing our full top tens of 2023 on January 9th. So join us for that. And until you do... While you're on this video, go down below, press subscribe, press like, press share, press uh, comment. Let us know what your thoughts are on Doctor Who, on the Golden Globes, on TV of this past year, everything like that. Uh, but that will do it for me. I have been, uh, as always, one of your hosts, Sean Monk. I've been your host, TJ Cornwell. Thank you for watching. Please uh, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And we will see you next time. Boom.